You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Pixels and Ink, episode 258, brought to you by CG Magazine. Uh, sadly, Cody has moved on to new opportunities, but I am taking over. I am Brendan Fry, editor-in-chief at CG Magazine. Today, I'm joined by a full table of people, including Lisa Muir. Hi, everybody. Cole Watson. Pleasure to be here. And Phil Brown, our resident film critic. That's me. Hey. Hi, Phil. Hi. Welcome back from your long travels overseas. Oh, I thank you. It was great. So, we have a busy show, and uh, Phil has things to do after this, so we'll get right to it. Mm-hmm. So, I hear there was some gaming news going on. Let's start it off with, uh, with Blizzard announcing and uh, releasing uh, Doomfist onto the PTR for Overwatch. This has been rumored for a while, right? Oh, yeah. Heavy tease, like, ever since the game's inception, where people were looking into the... Uh, art assets on the maps mm. and such, and everyone was just referencing this amazing character. I, I do think it's interesting the fact that the reveal trailer, unlike all the other reveal trailers, is a weird anime. Yeah, it's pure anime style. It's really unique. I actually really like the quality of it. But that just makes me want an actual anime. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of want a cartoon series of the show now. because Oh, it is a game now because all the other... Um, like little character trailers have all been in-game asset type things, right? Yeah, all oh. of those still look really amazing. Oh, they but still look they're fantastic. They look kind of like Pixar. Yeah, I guess they're not really fully in-game assets, but they're in kind of in-engine look. Yeah, definitely. Very, it looks like it's part of that world. Yeah, just to make those characters like look and move as if they were the game yeah. characters themselves. So this is um, so it's all, they Blizzard announced it and released it the same day. Uh, they've been teasing for. I think their last tease was about two or one, two days ago, or even yesterday. Okay. And then today they dropped the trailer and they put the character into the uh, PTR, which is their test server, uh, where people can get hands-on with the character right. for about. Uh, I forget how long Somber was in. I think she was in for about two or three weeks okay. before uh, she was actually added into the main roster. Uh, this is just to adjust for balancing, yeah, yeah. Uh, make sure that the character is viable, competitive, and that everyone who uses the character is going to have fun mm. at the end of the day. So what makes this character so special compared to other ev- all the other 25 or 24 characters that already exist in the game? So a lot of characters... Well, l- let's talk about the meta, I guess. Where competitive Overwatch stands right now, it's very tank-heavy. And what Overwatch is needed, in my mind, is a new offense character that can shake things up. And I think that Doomfist can actually really do this, because he has a lot of abilities that are focused uh, on getting up close, uh, dishing out a ton of damage, and then he has tons of mobility, allowing him to jump high up into the air, go into different places on the map Mm. that other characters have to really struggle to get to. So he he has a lot of... Uh, just a lot of options that he gives players okay. and allowing them to uh, overcome uh, just tank walls and such that teams currently run. So is, it, is this a good addition to the game then? I would say that it's a good addition to the game. Right now people are testing him out and saying that certain things are a little overpowered. I think the uh, what they're specifically referencing is his rocket punch ability mm-hmm. where... Uh, on its own, it's a good ability. Right, right. But it causes tons of damage if 
the opposing character actually hits a wall. It's oh. like 150 damage. And uh, so a lot of them are testing and uh, giving feedback to Blizzard right now. But the way Doomfist is shaping up, he's definitely an interesting character. Nice. Okay, what other news do we have? Lisa, do you want to take one? Uh, well, there was that really interesting news about uh, Firefall. Firewatch. Firewatch. No, no. Fi Firefall. Firefall. I, Firefall. I, I was oh right. Oh, my God. You were right. I was wrong. Yeah, but you know a little bit more about that one. Why don't you get started on that one? Okay, this one is weird. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so basically the story is the game is shutting down today. It's, they announced a little while ago that it would be shutting down, and then it's shutting down. This is the final day that it's kind of online. The weird roundabout weird nonsense part of the story is everything that went on with the game. So... My understanding is it's been going on and offline for a little while, where it's been like servers were going off, no one saying anything, and then they'd come and randomly back on. And then they uh, kind of the guy that originally helped create the game announced a new Indiegogo for a new game that's a spiritual successor to Firefall. Yes, called Ember, uh, E M eight E R, just for those lead speaks. Yeah, so. My understanding is if you were an early adopter in Firefall, you could then get new things in Ember. Yeah, he's saying that there's rewards or bonuses for going through this weird little, almost like just a proving ground. Just, hey, send us evidence that you were an actual backer for this because we can't prove it any other way. Okay, so now what does that actually mean for the overall the studio, Red 5? Is that done now or they do no they're doing a mobile game aren't they i believe they're doing a mobile game which sounds weird and so is the firefall universe dead at this point i would say it's dead it never really picked up ever since its launch like it was always referred to as this kind of mediocre experience that people didn't really invest tons of time into it right. never really was boasted with a huge player base or anything and uh, even for their trials and errors with like esports and competitive play, it never launched anything. It never went anywhere. So now there's a lot of controversy surrounding the original creator of Firefall. Yes, for his abusive behavior towards staff. Where apparently there were safe words. Safe that words could were be involved. Said or emailed to him. <laughs> <laughs> That's not great. And then, no. he, then he used company funds to start a, produ a video production company where he played paintball? For his personal projects, which involved the likes of Weird Al Yankovic, uh, Grant Umehara. Uh, oh, there's one other person. But yes, a ton of personal projects of his own. Uh, we bought. He bought red cameras and... Yeah, but then wouldn't actually invest in decent props. So while having this super serious theme of like this Navy SEAL going undercover yeah. trying to get his brother back, instead everyone's using paintball guns and there's still a referee on the field. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but it was clearly high quality shots. Oh, yes, that red camera was working beautifully. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. Okay, so, is, so this is that's the end of the story, right? Firefall's done and that's it? Firefall's done and... Basically, now with the spiritual successor, th there's still tons of shady things going on. Like, uh, he has his own miniature games company that is kind of going hand-in-hand -hand with Embers. And what this is, is that on the uh, miniature games site, he's saying that I'm not into games development anymore, and I don't plan to be in games development okay, anymore. Sure. That's, and <coughs> I'm just looking at the Indiegogo now, and there are quite a few things he promised with the benchmark goals, like 
tons and tons of stuff devoted to this game. Yeah. And so he's just sort of like, and I'm bored of this now, so I'm going to do miniatures and <laughs> no, no, mobile games. No, not exactly. <laughs> so he, he started the miniature company, and then the miniature company is the one that's making this new Ember game. Okay. <coughs> Which makes no sense. And now they're making a video game adaptation with a different studio, with their new studio. Yeah. And uh, after the Indiegogo, they're, they're so... Uh, full of themselves that they're like, yeah, after the Indiegogo, we're going to hit Kickstarter next. <laughs> and then after that, maybe Patreon. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's weird. It's a weird thing. Yeah, it's kind of like a, like a lower tier Sean Murray. Yeah. Where he promises all these things, but then never delivers. What is Sean Murray known for? Isn't it No Man's Sky? Oh, yes. That's, yes. Is, he, is he still making that game? I have no idea if anyone's still making that game. I haven't heard any new patch news. No, I mean, they, they released a few really hot and heavy, and then that kind of all vanished. Yeah, like, I haven't seen anything from Hello Games in a while now. No. Oh, hopefully they're still working on it. What else we got, Cole? Uh, well, there's some interesting news on Microsoft. Yeah, let's hear that. So Microsoft is uh, doing a massive reorganization, and it's going to include layoffs of about 3,000 employees, mostly expecting their sales. Uh, and they're saying it's uh, implementing change to better serve our customers and partners. Yeah, so that's kind of a that's kind of a messy thing to do. Well, I mean, what it is is the fact that Microsoft's moving over to be more of a kind of a services company and less of a hey, do you want to buy things company. Yeah. So as so, you don't really need a guy that's sitting in a store selling things. You need people just manning those servers and making sure they're all working as they should. So it's more of a restructuring. Just It's hard to get someone that works as a stale staff to be a computer technician afterwards. So you mm -hmm. fire them and you hire new people. I don't think Microsoft's suffering from money. No. Mm. no. Their Azure platform is doing just fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, from their software to their, uh, from th to their uh, tech products themselves. Yeah. They're actually getting uh, pretty successful lately. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, okay, um, should we talk about Sense8? Yeah. Let's okay, talk about so how many of you guys watched Sense8? Anybody I, here? I watched some of it, but no. not all of it. Did you watch, watch the new season? No. I no. haven't had the time. That was the, the some yeah. of it I was referring to was the first <laughs> season. But not all of it none, was the second none, season. None of you guys. <laughs> Brendan, are you sure I do, you haven't I do watched it? I do know this news story, though. That you there said. is a news yeah. story about this. So uh, basically, for those people who have watched the season finale, uh, the se uh, second season of Sense8, which we all, those of us who, those of us who did watch it, <laughs> um, were waiting for quite some time for it to come out. Um, mm. It left on a big cliffhanger, ki big cliffhanger yeah. and then all of a sudden got canceled. Mm. So um, now they're going to do a special coming out in 2018. Yeah, two-hour so, finale. Two-hour finale, just yeah. sort of wrap the whole thing up. Yeah. Um, Which is nice. It's not it's very abnormal for a network to cancel a show and then be like, but you can have a finale too. <laughs> yeah, they're so. not really saying much about it right now, yeah. but um, Probably you know what? <laughs> at least at least they're doing that. Yeah, well, it does it does show that like Netflix does at least make an effort to listen yeah. to their fan base because mm -hmm. there was a lot of outcry when that got canceled. And it was very weird because I remember like the day before it happened, the CEO of Netflix gave an interview saying 
we got to start canceling shows because <laughs> like everything's doing well and we need hits. And then they canceled Sunset the next day. So it was very, it was very bizarre. And it was like very shortly after the second season. Yeah, it was only about premiere, a month from afterwards. what I recall. Um, but yeah, no, it's just nice that they're allowing the, the Wachowskis to finish that off. To be fair, and, that, uh, that show does not look cheap to make. No, definitely not. So it's really looks pricey to shoot. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm sure there's like, hey, it's kind of expensive. But then everyone's kind of get angry, like, okay, we we gave you a two hour movie worth. Yeah. Basically, each episode of that show was kind of a movie. Pretty much. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's nice. It gives me because you know, previously. One of the reasons why I haven't watched the second season was I heard it was canceled yeah. and ended on a cliffhanger. And I was like, well, I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's my view. And then now I know there's going to be an ending. So yeah. well, I've got to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, did, they also, to be fair, they did cancel uh, numerous other shows like Girl Boss has been canceled. And I think one other show beyond. The, oh, and um, The Get Down. That's right. They did Baz Luhrmann's show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's Which right. Uh, people were very mixed on if it was offensive or not. No yeah, one yeah. knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was odd. Yeah. I haven't seen that one yet. Neither have I. I'm but now I don't. My opinion. I've started watching a little bit of it, but I didn't get too far into it. Apparently, people just found it insensitive in some ways. Hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen it myself, so I can't judge. Really, the internet found something insensitive. I know. <laughs> it's a crazy concept. That's crazy. No one on the internet finds anything insensitive. Yeah, yeah. Super crazy. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I guess we can segue into movie news. Yeah, I think that. that's a perfect time. It works out really well. All right. So uh, first up. Um, uh, did there, Ed, Edgar Wright did an interview uh, with Empire Magazine last week where he said that uh, Sony's actually already con- asked him to consider writing a sequel to Baby Driver um, and that he's into it um, which did any of you guys see Baby Driver yet? No and I really want to know why is everyone so excited about this movie? It's so much fun that's why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it's super fun and it was actually really nice it, uh, it, it made 20 million dollars last weekend which isn't a ton but is like more than almost any uh, Edgar Wright movies made theatrically in the U.S. total. Um, so it's just nice that it's doing well and nice that he's into that. And he also said that he apparently pulled one scene from it that he feels he could build an entire sequel around, and then there would be a scene left over from the original movie that could be part of the sequel. So That's neat. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, it's doing well, but it's not, you know, blowing the world four up. four-cylinder gigantic hit. Yeah, but It's not a Fast and the Furious movie. No. No, it is not. Well, but it very is, few things. I can. know, I know. But it is. <laughs> but it's great. It's just nice to see him being successful. He also said in the same interview that he has not seen uh, Ant Man and never intends to, which I can understand. <laughs> a little bit of sour grapes there. Mm. He said it'd be like watching an ex girlfriend have sex. Oh, yeah. Oh, which I can understand. It'd yeah, be pleasant. That's yeah. A, I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, not super pleasant. Unless, you're, unless he happens to be into that. Which, mm. You know, I, I don't judge anyone. Who is. Moving on. Uh, next time. <laughs> 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 Just seemed like we were going down a potentially dark road there. <laughs> that was a dark. Um, all right. Uh, the next one. Uh, um, it's official. Uh, everyone should get excited. Okay. Because okay. the uh, Top Gun sequel, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, has a release date. Does it's it follow out, Maverick? Coming out, obviously. <laughs> it's coming out in the summer of 2019, so we can all mark our calendars and get excited. Does Goose come back from the dead? I mean, we can only hope. <gasps> I know, right? Well, he was only sleeping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Um, not sure why it's happening, but it is. <laughs> it's very real, and it's getting closer to happening every day. Uh, speaking of things that I'm not sure why are happening, uh, the, they've hired a writer to start working on The Conjuring 3. So we can all look forward to that. I enjoyed The Conjuring. Yeah. Didn't it have kind of a 
biggish fan base. I know. Predator oh yeah, no, they're super successful movies. Yeah. It's I mean, not the, shocking. The people that were actually based on are horrible people, but they are indeed. They're con artists. Yes. Um. So I don't love that they're being continually promoted through these gigantic yes. blockbuster movies. Also, they look nothing like the characters that were playing them. Like For sure. Nothing. And also, it's very unlikely that James Wan will make it, given that he's making Aquaman. Yeah. It'd be hard to do both at once. I mean, he does those physically impossible. One might say. No, no, he does them down and dirty. He could just like be doing both at once. Just I fine. guess he could. Just yelling at one side of the set for one movie, one yelling at the other side. <laughs> I suppose it's bizarre to me. Conjures are going to take place near an ocean this time. <laughs> that could work. A beach house. That could work. Underwater ghosts. Um, and finally, just one last thing, um, which I thought was interesting, which. There was that awkward interview a couple weeks ago with uh, Kevin Feige and um, Amy Pascal from Sony. Yep. And uh, they were the reporter was asking, so are the other Spider-Man movies that you're making, are they connected to the Marvel Universe too? And she kept saying, yeah, definitely. And Kevin Feige just looked very uncomfortable the whole time. <laughs> and then he, at the premiere of Spider-Man, was asked if this Tom Hardy Venom movie will be connected. And he said emphatically, no. <laughs> So that's weird. I'm not sure how Venom's going to work without Spider-Man. Also, if it, if, here's the thing: mm-hmm. Sony's saying that's part of the uh, part of the Spider-Man universe oh. that the, this latest movie is. Mm. But he's not. But if he's now saying it's not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, does Peter Parker like verge on two universes? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like, does that, that seems mean that Spider-Man weird. can't be in it? Because that I don't know how that's going to work. Because Sony owns Spider-Man. I feel like part of it is also like an attempt at misdirect um, with internet theorizing because um, the uh, they've also said that the next Spider-Man movie is going to take place immediately after Infinity War, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the alien symbiote suit yeah. during Infinity War. And that's why they don't want to get into the Venom thing because, like, that's giving away yeah. a big part of their big Infinity War movie, and they want to, you know, have posters and stuff to give all that away. But so, sure. but that's just being generous. The, it's more likely that they just want nothing to do with any of the Sony movies, and it's going to be very hard for. I, I, God bless the writer who's going to write a Venom movie without Spider-Man. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Sony has the rights to use Spider-Man as much as they want to, don't they? They can use any Spider-Man character they want. I just don't know if it gets into a gray zone where if they're using the Tom Holland Spider-Man, then, like, it is part of the MCU because of Spider-Man. Yeah. And he's there. I've seen him with Iron Man. That's yeah. a fact. Yeah. Um, but maybe there's two, two Hollands. There's just infinite universes. Or maybe they could throw in Miles Morales. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, that'd, that'd be to nice. To be honest, I'd be okay with that. I'm hoping that's what the animated movie will do that they're working on. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who knows? Right. Who knows? Anywho. That's should, we, that. should we quickly touch on Glixel because another site closing down is always okay, site semi closing down? Yeah, Rolling Stone uh, closed down the San Francisco branch, yeah. which had seven people employed. Yeah, and uh, the big reason for this is because of well the the huge cost, yeah, huge yeah. cost of just renting out an office, and when you only have a seven person team, you can't churn out enough content that is going to get enough hits and to get enough cash. Yeah, I mean, Rolling Stone's known for its big editorials, and that's what Glitzel did. Yeah. But when you're in in an industry that is focused on a lot of churn of content, which we personally don't do, we don't like to have that kind of just constant barrage of stories. But of release dates, and yeah. this is when it's available. It's not our thing. That's more of like IGN does that. It's not our thing. Yeah. But I can understand if Glitzel was trying to do that and do long stories with seven people, that'd be really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So unfortunately, they're going to be going in a different direction. Hopefully, with I guess with freelancers is what they're. But who's running the thing? That's true. 
Like, is it just like some random guy at Rolling Stone every once in a while? Like, oh, that's not, that's around. Oh yeah, I guess I should approve some stories to go up. <laughs> so it'll be like Shaq News saying that we're now going into tech. <laughs> 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 oh, so weird. The gaming industry is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shall we take a br- quick break and then uh, get into some what we've been playing and what we've been watching? Sure. Sounds great. Fabulous. Woo. Man, I wish I could get new comics every month, but I'm broke and oddly always $5 short. Lame. Wait, five bucks short, you say? Well, I've got something special for you. What the hell was that? It's me, the discount ghost of Coupons Past. Are you scared? What the f- Use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, to get $5 off your next comic bento subscription. So wait, if I use the code CGMEG, all in caps, all one word, I get $5 off my next comic bento? Yes, use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, and get $5 off your next comic bento. A whole $5, eh? Now that's scary. The Pixels Inc. podcast is brought to you by Buns, your city network. Buns connects you to the people in your neighborhood to help you find the things you need to fuel your real life. Swap things you already have to get items you need. You can also find jobs that pay the bills, homes for rent, advice, and a place to talk about your city. Buns is available online at buns.com and on your phones via the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Thank you, Comic Bento. You are such a great sponsor of this podcast. And thank you, Buns. Ah, we're back. (laughs) (laughs) You're really settling into this uh, host role. Really, really well. Mm. This was a compliment. (laughs) Cole can see my face. It's a compliment, right? It is a compliment. Genuine. Fair enough. Mm. Okay, we're back. Let's talk some uh, movies. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. That's what I do. You do that. Did you have any time for movies when you've been gallivanting around Europe? I did not, no. Um, I heard some stories about Europe. Oh, can we we hear a cool story from Europe? Because you saw some neat things. I did see some neat things. Apparently you got stuck in an airport? I did. Oh, yeah. That's a fun one. So, yeah, when when I was flying out of the Edinburgh airport in the middle of security, the power went out in the entire airport for like 40 minutes, and no one (laughs) knew what was going on. So that was great. End of story. Yeah, no, I did. I did some movie stuff. I saw a great uh, Martin Scorsese exhibit that he curated himself, awesome. which I didn't know was on until I got there, and that was super exciting. So they had like the boxing gloves from Raging Bull and the actual like taxi driver license that Robert De Niro used to be a taxi driver while he was preparing for Taxi Driver, right. and. Um, yeah, a lot of great projections. The palm, his palm door. Weirdly, not his Oscar, which I thought was very telling, because um, he seemed to send over everything except for his Oscar, um, which was interest, an interesting choice. Maybe he really um, likes his Oscar. Yeah, I, I or he really likes his palm door and I doesn't think, like his Oscar. I think it's that. Yeah, I think it's more that. Um, and he just doesn't like that the Oscar says The Departed as opposed to all the great movies he yeah. made before The Departed. Um, and uh, oh, and there was an autographed photo from Michael Jackson to Martin Scorsese for directing the Bad Video. That said, you make everything fabulous, which was pretty great. <laughs> and his gold record from The Last Waltz, and oh, so much great stuff. That was a blast. So that was movie-ish on my trip. Um, and yeah, and this is going to be a bit weird because uh, this week, um, because I missed uh, the press screening of Spider-Man, but I am going to it immediately after the podcast. And as you hear this, as you hear my words, my Spider-Man review will up on the site yes so it will don't worry you can get that and i'll discuss that next week after it's relevant because actually, this week when you actually have seen it exactly um so this week i'll be discussing a movie i have seen which comes out next week 
which is very confusing, where we're just gonna let it go. And that is the new Planet of the Apes movie, where the Planet of the Apes, which I um, I'm a huge fan of the Planet of the Apes franchise, the whole thing, um, even even the early ones. Okay, yeah. Uh, just not the Tim Burton one. Other than that, well, that they're that all pretty what, great. What Tim Burton? I, don't I know about. it's best to th- think of it that way. Um, and uh, it's particularly this this new series has been uh, really good. It really uh, like I remember when they when I first saw the trailers for Rise of the Planet Apes and they announced it. I just felt like, why are we doing this? And I saw it and I was like, oh, okay, that's why. And then uh, Matt Reeves took over it with Dawn of the Planet Apes. I'm a big fan of him. He did uh, Cloverfield and. The Let the White Light One In remake, which I actually prefer to the oh, original. I, I did want to, before you go any further, I did want to mention, I know because you weren't here last week, mm-hmm. the fact that they, um, that space movie is a secret Cloverfield 3. Yeah. And did, was, did anyone see that coming? Well, they said it a little while ago. Did they say it a while ago? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty well anything that comes out is that God robot. Is that God Particle? Or what? Yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I forget what the yeah. official title of it is, but yeah, pretty well any anything that comes out of Bad Robot that is isn't like a Star Wars or, or that isn't already a Star Wars or Star Trek movie, I just kind of assume is Cloverfield Project <laughs> at this point. Um, but so, yeah, a- anywho. Um, yeah. yeah, so this is the third one. Um, and yeah, the title's a bit of a misnomer. The titles of these have been weird because the first one was called Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and uh, there's very little rising, mm. um, and certainly not globally. No. Um, and the second one was called Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which is what the first one should have been called um, because that was the dawn, yeah. and the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes was actually, in fact, the rise. So this one's called War of the Planet of the Apes, but there's actually less action in it than the last movie, which was more War of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> um, so this probably should have been called Dawn of the Planet of the Apes because it is about the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. But I digress. So, this one takes place shortly after their, uh, the last movie. Um, so, Caesar and all his monkey buddies are hanging out in the woods, having a great time. And uh, humanity has gotten very, very strained. As far as the apes know, there's only one colony of humans left. Um, are they all, killing they're, them? They're all military. Uh, they're all military-based. They're worried. Um, they, they are in, like, regular conflict with them. But they've diluted the numbers. The apes are getting really good at fighting. They have so, but more stuff. importantly, how are all these humans dying off? Um, well, from the disease. Okay. So there's they, okay. Yeah, there was a disease that the the same like uh, the the same uh, chemical released in the air that made all the apes super intelligent yeah. also killed off most of humanity. Okay. So they're dying that As way or through monkey fights. So um, the uh, at the very beginning, an assassin team shows up to try and kill Caesar. Ends up killing uh, some people very close to Caesar which uh, makes him furious, and he grabs a small gang of apes, and they head off to try and find the human colony to uh, murder the human leader in revenge. That's fair. So it, it's very much... It's kind of like a... It, it's, it's weird in that it's the sort of second uh, monkey-based Apocalypse Now remake yeah. of the year following the uh, King Kong. Apocalypse or Kong Skull Island, sorry, because they couldn't call it King Kong because they don't have the rights to King Kong. <laughs> but you can call it Kong, and it's a giant monkey, and that doesn't matter. <laughs> but um, so... The uh, so, so yeah, so it's about Caesar's clan sort of hanging out to find him and sort of and him is a lot of it's based on his sort of inner conflict as whether or not he wants to become a murderer, whether he really wants to destroy humanity, and then when you eventually meet uh, the remaining humans, they're led by uh, Woody Harrelson's psychopathic uh, general who mm-hmm. has a lot of very disturbing rants about uh, ethnic cleansing that have a lot of huh. a lot of you know layers of meaning to them. Yeah, he wants to build a big wall, for example. <laughs> These sorts of things. Does he have great hair? Uh, the best hair? No, he has a shaved head. It's Woody okay. Harrelson, man. Come on. <laughs> um, but uh, so, <clears throat> um, yeah, it, 
it's a friend of mine after I saw the screening sort of compared this trilogy to the original George Romero Night of the Living Dead trilogy, which I thought was kind of apt, where like the first one sort of very political, overtly political movie. The second one was more of an action movie. And the third one is just a very bleak meditation on how horrible mm-hmm. humanity is. And that's very much what this feels like. There's some really, really unsettling things in the movie that I was very surprised that they were uh, able to make on a film this scale. Um, it was very, very thoughtful. I mean, all the Planet of the Apes movies are gigantic metaphors for you know yeah. discrimination and, and racism. And this is particularly heated and feels like something coming out at a very pointed time for that because... We have a lot of hate lately. Yeah. Not for me. I love people. But That's, good. That's yeah. what your shirt says right now. Exactly. Um, but, and it's, yeah, I was very, very impressed by how, um, you know, the, the whole trilogy has been very intelligent and been very conscious of the subtext. Um, but this one, it was pr- particularly smart and particularly mm-hmm. potent. Um, and it is very much a trilogy now. It feels very concluded by the end of it in a way that I was very pleased about because my one problem with, the last movie, the one called Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, it yeah. should have been called War of the Planet of the Apes. Um, it, it was strong, but it ultimately couldn't go anywhere because they had to leave it open. This time, uh, Matt Reeves has very clearly been allowed to create a closed book, created a grand statement for this trilogy. And I think it's very, very strong. I think it's really going to surprise mm-hmm. people. And depending on how um, the rest of the year goes, I wouldn't be surprised if it even ends up being on top 10 list and getting nominated for awards really? beyond wow. effects and that sort of thing. Do you thing. see an Oscar in the Planet of the Apes? It's entirely possible. Um, I mean, certainly technically, like, the, the the CGI has grown with leaps and bounds with each movie um, and, like, the last one was had some of the best animal rendering I'd ever seen. This one's even more impressive. Um, Andy Serkis is incredible in it and it may finally be the time that people recognize his performance capture mm-hmm. um, acting because he's extraordinary. Uh, like what he's asked to do in a mostly silenced performance is, is I quite saw some of the imagery impressive. of this movie and it looks stunning. It's insane. Um, and uh, yeah, it's very potent and very harsh. And I just, more than anything else, just very surprised and pleased that this was able to get through the studio right. uh, system, even though it is the second sequel to a remake. Um, but yeah, I think... Um, I think it's going to surprise people. Um, I hope it does well. It is so bleak and unsettling. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm curious to see how it will do. Yeah. Um, there is definitely action in it, but it's not. Um, it's not what you'd think. A nonstop monkeys on horses, machine guns, riot like the last one. And uh, yeah, I just thought it was incredible. And I really hope that you go out and see it. Um, cause no, no, let me ask you one thing. Um, CGI. CGI actors is, have always had this kind of artificial feel to them. Mm. Have they surpassed that? Because I know in Warcraft they tried having CGI actors and it kind of felt like a cartoon well, movie. Well, yeah. I've always felt like these ones handled it well. The Rise of the Planet of the Apes had been more of the cartoony thing. I felt with the second one and this one, um, like you are aware you're looking at CGI. Okay. You don't think for a second that these talking monkeys, that they found talking monkeys <laughs> and brought them down and started <laughs> shooting them. Like it's clear it's an effect, but it did the like level of detail and the gravity and the more importantly like the just the the uh, level of emotion that they're mm-hmm. able to communicate through the the performances is is remarkable and yeah, like I said, it's, it's very very intelligent. It's it's more of a thoughtful movie than it is That's a good. blockbuster. And um, yeah, I hope. I, I hope it does well, and it gives me a lot of hope as well for um, Matt Reeves's uh, next film, which is The Batman. Yeah. Um, because it um, it shows that he can make something very bleak and very thoughtful 
and very exciting, mm. um, which is what we mean at about now. See anything else? Uh, nope, that's it. But I do want to I do want to quickly touch on the fact um, you did an article just before you left. That's right. I did an, an interview with one of the actresses who portrayed yeah. Babe. She plays Maurice, the mm-hmm. giant orangutan. Um, and uh, yeah, she was she was great to chat to. She's um, uh, very uh, and and she's created a very indelible character. And uh, she's you know spent like eight years um, sort of visiting orangutans regularly oh, really? in the, the zoo nearby her, and she's become friends with the orangutans or so she comes i don't know i can't confirm that personally okay but um yeah, it's really cool she was she was it was a really nice interview and she also i didn't get to ask her about it because the timing was a little cramped but she also if you're a fan of the x-files yeah. if you remember that episode home with the yeah. incest monsters yeah. she played the mother under the bed oh really yeah oh that's weird so she's done a lot of very strange eccentric performances okay. and uh yeah she's great and I, I really recommend that if you're interested in these sorts of effects yeah. or motion capture acting or monkeys and you did one other article that I don't think you had a chance to talk about because you it was just after you left um, for Europe mm-hmm. about how um, the Book of Henry shouldn't make you worry about Star Wars. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, sure. So, yeah, the Book of Henry came out, which was insane. Um, I've heard. Yeah, it's, it's complete nonsense. crazy. It's, it's not good, but I like kind of admired like how crazy it was. Um, and it means sniper rifles. And yeah, it's because it's what it ultimately bo- it like starts out feeling like a very a movie about a precocious child genius uh, and his uh, relationship with his mother. Yeah. And then about halfway through, he just dies, but then leaves these very detailed instructions on why she should murder her neighbor. And she does. Is crazy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I just couldn't. It, so it doesn't quite work, but, like, I admire the ambition of it. But obviously when it came out and the reviews were harsh and it made no money, everyone started panicking because it's Colin Trevorrow who's directing the third chapter of the upcoming and Star Wars trilogy. Um, and he did Jurassic, Safety Not Guaranteed, right? did Safety Not Guaranteed and Jurassic World. Right. And um, I actually um, – I, I didn't feel the same way in that um, – I at least showed that he was someone who was willing to take risks because yeah. this was nuts. And I feel like that's and, – and a, a good – that's what we should want. Yeah. Um, particularly, you know, after two directors just got fired off the Star Wars yeah, movie for being too risky. <coughs> so, um, yeah. So I, I, I don't think people should panic about that. Um, and I actually do recommend seeing The Book of Henry just because, like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> whether you like, whether good or not, I don't know. But it is something I will never forget as long as I live. I should see this. Yarls. And you haven't been playing anything, I'm guessing, because you've been gallivanting around Europe. No, I took my 3DS and then realized that the power adapter wouldn't work with the charger. <laughs> you need to get a separate charger specifically for it. So I played uh, some Mario Kart on the plane. And then it died. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Cole, you been playing anything? Uh, let's see. With the Steam Summer Sale it's going on such. You bought anything on the uh, PlayStation Summer Sale? No, that one's been pretty lukewarm for me, to okay. be honest, just because either I've already, I already own it, or uh, I just don't think I'm going to have time to play, play it on PlayStation. So uh, a lot of the time I've been focusing on the Steam Summer Sale, mostly uh, just picking up stuff, getting ready for my trip to Newfoundland, because uh, it's come home year uh, for my Nan's 85th birthday. Aww. Adorable. Yeah, I'm really excited about that and going down and basically just unwinding from the internet. That's the best thing about Newfoundland is that mm. because it has such terrible internet, <laughs> uh, you just don't want to use it. <laughs> so uh, a lot of my time is going to be spent fishing and uh, going on ATVs and stuff. Newfoundland is separated from the continent? Or? Uh, yes. It takes a ferry trip to get down there for me, or you can go by plane. But uh, my parents, we like to take uh, a lot of coolers and stuff. We have a lot of things uh, that we're 
bringing over to the party. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be really exciting. The ferry ride is usually pretty boring. It's like a 24-hour ferry where you are just, you're cramped for space. Uh, cabins are expensive as hell. And 24-hour uh, ferry? Uh, I think I'm exaggerating that. It's probably closer to like 14, 15 hours. Oh, that's still a long wow. time. Yeah, it's still a really a long time. But you're there for basically a day. Uh, just on this boat. Yeah, just on this boat uh, with really crashing waves. At least that was the last time. Hopefully it's a smoother ride this time. But yeah, I, I was just exploring the Steam Summer Sale, getting stuff ready because, uh, because everyone's coming home. Uh, there's going to be a lot of kids. There's going to be a lot of my cousins and stuff. So right, right. I'm getting stuff like Overcooked. I'm getting stuff like Gang Beast. Just tons of fun little party mm -hmm. games that I can host and stuff for everyone. Awesome. Uh, other than that, uh, I would say that the big thing this week for me would be that Razer sent in the Thresher Ultimate headset. Oh, yeah. You should talk about that. Yeah. That is a really damn good headset. $250 is steep. It's definitely is a that premium Canadian product. Or American? That's American. Damn. Wow. Yep. So convert that to Canadian. We're probably going to see a $100 markup, so $350. Pricey. Yeah. Um, but it's really high quality. Uh, for their real, like, first foray into making, not headsets, but console-aimed headsets. Yeah, because they've made headsets for years. Oh, yeah. The Manowar and stuff, it's still a staple that the PC community loves. But uh, the Thresher Ultimate, uh, its main appeal is that it's going to be completely wireless. Mm -hmm. uh, it works basically flawlessly out of the box. And uh, the games I threw at it uh, were games that I didn't really, that I haven't really focused on much. But because of that Dolby 7.1 surround sound, yeah. I am now loving Metro 2033 Redux. Really? Yeah. Oh. Uh, and Metro Last Light Redux as well, because uh, I picked those up. Uh, anything atmospheric, anything that can really captivate me with a soundtrack, I'm just throwing at the thing and just giving it a whirl. And it's, it's an absolute blast. Nice. Uh, Right now, I'm probably settling on a 9 for it because it's that high quality. It's a great headset. It only has, like, one design flaw, which is I wish that everything was able to be controlled via the headset. There is right. actually a little uh, control hub that you have to power on, and then yeah. if you want the surround sound, you have to interact with that hub again. Uh, so that's really the only hassle about it, but it's a great quality product, so it's going to be exciting to uh, write the review for that. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then my last piece would be... Uh, Amazon.ca actually had a really fantastic little book sale going on, and I picked up uh, the complete 10th anniversary collection of Spice and Wolf, the oh, light nice. novels. Nice. Uh, so I've been working my way through 1,000 thousand pages of that, uh, slowly but surely, <laughs> and hopefully I'll be done that for my Newfoundland trip as well. Awesome. Cool. Lisa, you've been playing anything? Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Diablo. Mm -hmm. uh, did you talk about it last week? Only vaguely. Oh, my gosh. Well, let me tell you about the rise of the necromancer. <laughs> no, it was great. Um, uh, I really got into Diablo this year. Uh, well, not this year. For when it came out. Anyway, whatever. Um, yeah, no, the uh, necromancer. My biggest concern with the necromancer before, well, I got to play a little bit at PAX. And I, playing it at the time, I was just like, how is this much different than the witch doctor? But um, it holds its own. It has a lot of, like, good callback to previous necromancer uh skills and things like that it's made yeah. me kind of want to go back and do all the little things i wanted to do with other with other um uh builds that i've had from stuff but it's, mm. it's a lot of fun um it's fun to play you actually just did the review did, on I, that I one do the review, yeah. yeah i think it's it's, it's um it's you have to be noted that it is only a character expansion so you're yeah. getting just the character nothing else there's no other 
new yeah. missions, new Although, levels, or any of that. New when loot, nothing. Yeah. Oh, there's new loot. Well, just for that character, yeah. I mean. Yeah. I know. I think they've added a few like universal type loot, so a few oh, okay. little extra pieces. Yeah. And the there's full new sets are for the areas too yeah. to explore, but it's not part of the. It's just not part of the bot character. You buy the character, but yeah. when they released the character, they did have new areas yeah. to explore, and new loot. Because they have uh, always updating yeah. new characters and yeah. new, patching um, in, yeah. and they patched in a bunch of different uh, like uh, quests that you had to do that were a little. Um, they made them a little more fair. Uh, and that's yeah. That's but anyway. That, I've been play- spending a lot of time playing that, nice. and that's about it. I think so. I think uh, then, yeah. I don't know. A little bit going back into Final Fantasy fourteen so I can get through Stormblood. I'm not ready to talk about that one yet, but it's really good. Soon. It's Soon. really pretty. Yeah. And what about you, Brendan? Oh, I've been playing Diablo two, so I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, I've been looking at. I also been going back and watching old like videos and stuff of um, Diablo two, like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just seeing how, like, in my mind, that game looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Going back and looking at it, it just <laughs> look amazing. Got to get those mod packs going. Yeah. Oh, there mm. are a lot of mod packs in the game? I think there are. Mm. I'm sure that with a devoted community like Diablo, there's got to be mods out there for it. Yeah, because, I mean, just look. I went back, and I'm like, I wonder what that game looks like. I remember in my head that game was almost as good looking as Diablo 3. It's probably, like, still holds up. Look at the, oh, oh, no, <laughs> that, game, that game's rough. Yeah. I mean, it, it's still... It. I think Diablo 3 is getting to the point when it's almost... S- very similar to the way Diablo 2 worked. I mean, the skill trees and all that stuff is very different. Yeah. Uh, but the way that um, all the characters are kind of in place now and the, the different ways you can kind of spec them, there's a lot of callbacks to the original series. I just think the original series was far more number-based. This is far more action-based. So it's kind of what you're looking for. Yeah. And I'm kind of interested to see if they do make a remake of um, Diablo 2 and actually kind of go down that road and kind of make it so modern console or modern systems can actually play it, I would yeah. definitely be up to play that game again. Well, I think we'll see how the uh, StarCraft remake also performs. That's only right? like 15 yeah. bucks, right? Yeah, I believe so. Which is amazing for that game. Yeah, amazing. I mean, I already own that game like five times <laughs> over. I think I still have my original discs, but I might even have the original box sitting somewhere. But Yeah, hopefully that actually catches, like, back into the esports crowd because StarCraft 2 is pretty light now if really? if, if non-existent I think it's people have kind of moved over to League right now? Have, have, yeah. yeah they've moved on to MOBAs and then they've moved on to uh, FPS games so strategy is kind of left dry right now that's sad yeah, yeah. oh we should also mention one thing before we go um, this happened early this week or early late last uh, Triumph the people that did Overwatch and the um, Age of Wonders series, I want to say. Yes, Age of Wonders. Yeah, they have been purchased by Paradox, the people that do like Crusader Kings and all that other stuff. Okay. So that's weird. I mean, it's, okay. it's, it's probably a good fit for the studio. I think uh, Triumph hasn't really done much in the last little while, and the Overwatch series has not seen. Uh, sorry, not Overwatch. The Overlord series is kind of. Oh, that's what. Okay. It is. <laughs> there we go. I was <laughs> like, what? Overlord, oh, uh, which was penned by Rihanna Pratchett, who's known now for uh, Tomb Raider's games. Yeah. yeah. Anybody? So you said you didn't, but any any of you guys check out the uh, PSN sale? Mid- no, sale? I was. Pick up any? I was not in the country. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Slow me down. Why I couldn't. You got back. That's the first thing you do. You unpack your bag. and You're like, oh my gosh. It's true. Sale. I should have hit that PSN sale. Yeah, right away. We can now. Yeah. 
Thank Wait, just throw, God. Throw all your money at it. Just I see what will. you can get with it. Just put I will. Just, here's my money. Give me games. That's see what, right. See what it gives you. That's what I always say to my PlayStation. Here's, take my money. Yeah. Just throw it at the PlayStation. Give me just, things. <laughs> no discs. You're just putting in money. <laughs> you're wondering why it breaks all the time. They keep saying, why do you keep putting this money in here? I said it was $20. <laughs> I put in 40 Where's my game? Okay, we should sign off there, though. So, as always, you can follow us on social media at Twitter at uh, CG Mag Online, Facebook at Comics Gaming Magazine, and YouTube at Comics Gaming Magazine. You can follow all of us on Twitter if you wish to. Lisa. I'm at Lisa Awesome with I'm no E's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm BFR26. I'm at that Phil Brown. I'm Mazen underscore Cole. Wow, you actually got one. I actually yeah. did get one. Yay, Cole's on Twitter. I haven't, I haven't written a post yet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a picture there yet? Yes. Okay. So you can follow him and see what first thing he says. Oh, mm. yeah, it's going to be fantastic. We should have a release, <laughs> a, a, a launch party for your first tweet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone, have a great weekend. Yay. Bye. Bye. Bye.